All right. Welcome to another edition of the Power Hour with Frankie Powers. As we, uh, it's a Tuesday. We're. Go ahead. You're on. Oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, I, I got I got away from the farm equipment on that Route 14. But, you know, there was this crop duster came awfully close. <laughs> yeah, he went right over my car. You know, I felt like it was Cary Grant, North by Northwest, you know, and I just farm equipment, the farm equipment on Route 14. Um, you got to deal with it, I suppose. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. part of living in the country. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not in. Uh, you're not in Kansas, huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know. No, so. no subways. No, uh, no, you're no not, D train, right? There's no D train here, you know, and. Uh, you know, funny, funny story. I used to, growing up in New York, my aunt used to send me and my brother and sister, we used to get a bus pass every month. The bus, It would come, and that was the golden ticket mm-hmm. to go anywhere. It was that, uh, the bus ticket. And uh, I remember when we moved out of New York, I sat at the bus stop, and I'm like, man, where... Where's the bus? Why is it not coming? And I, you know, and you know, this was down in Virginia, outside sure. D.C., and only runs during rush hour, only in the morning and the evening. Never, it doesn't doesn't run during the day. You believe that? And I, I uh, and so I was like, came home. I told my dad, I was like, you either get me a car, or I'm moving back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> what was your subway stop? Do you recall? Oh, no. Well, you, took, you had to take a bus in. I, I took the bus, man. I ran, I ran the 60 and then took the 6. Okay. So, you know. Well, if I told you uh, the, um, the, the, um, the A train to 59th and then the D to 161st, you know where that goes. Right? I know exactly where that goes. You know that's where right. That goes, the right? stadium. And you just have to say the stadium because that's, that's everybody knows what you talk about. That's right. You know. That's right. So... And and it's still you know I don't care how many names it has it's still Shay I just Shay and yeah, that's it you, you don't know. have to say more right I was a police officer for seven years there and every once in a while someone would come say well, excuse me officer how do I get to uh, a Carnegie Hall and it was a, a softball hit man, you got to practice man <laughs> that's how you get to Carnegie Hall. and then you wait a minute and then you say you get down here you get the A train to Fifty Seventh Street right. walk east to I don't know. I forgot what street it's on. Right. Yeah. Um, big news about uh, Gruden being fired. Huh? Gruden fired, uh, you know, I bet, you know, I don't know how far he lives from the facility, but I am sure at 5 a.m. when he got the call that, you know, oh, good, my badge isn't going to work. Fine. I think he's relieved. I really think because I think, honestly, you know, you went into the season and he was the guy – you know how how many games until he got fired, and I I felt like soon as we saw Daniel Jones play and saw him have such a great game, Washington has a crazy owner, and he saw that he wants to keep up with the Joneses. No pun intended. Very Daniel well, Jones. very well said. Yeah, you know he we were going to see Dwayne Haskins in the next game, and. You know, and then soon as Gruden said no, Haskins is not ready to start. I knew he was done. This was his last game. Toast. I knew it was because you know the next guy, you better get Haskins ready and better get him in there. Even though he's not, and it's a shame because I've said this before. Dwayne Haskins is that Trent Dilfer 
uh, Vinny Testaverde guy who was picked in the high in the first round, but went to such a crappy team, went through coordinators, coaches, couldn't get himself right until later in his career when he was able to just manage a team with people around him. And I and I'm unfortunately for Redskins fans, that's going to be you're going to see Dwayne Haskins play for some other team like you know, uh, you know, Carolina or or, uh-huh. or some other team and have success, but not with you. I just don't I just don't understand how much of an of a meddler the owner of that team can be. I mean, does does he just complain to the GM? Does he come down and say, start this guy, start that? Does he come down? As a fan, and say, why are you throwing on third down? We got a running. I mean, I mean, I, I just assume there's some uncomfortable. Well, relationship. I, you know, I think he is. I know he's him and Haskins are good friends because the owner's kids went to the same school. Dwayne Haskins went to. Oh, I didn't know that they went to the same school. So Haskins was going to the Redskins. You know, no matter what, he was the guy right. going to the Redskins. So. Uh, because of that, he Daniel Daniel Snyder's kids went to that high school, uh, and so there's a lot of relationship there. He's known Snyder and Haskins; they've known each other for a while, so they have a good rapport. And I think that hurts a coach when somebody comes in and oh, I'm buddies with the owner. I don't need. I don't like what you're saying. I'm going over your head and. You know that there's an issue, and I think I think you've you've seen that already with with RG three yeah. before, and now you're seeing it again. So that begs the question: Who takes the job now? Who's the, who's the next coach of the Redskins? Because if you look at it, the guy in Saint in Los Angeles for the Rams, the guy for the 49ers, former assistants with the Redskins mm-hmm. and went on to become head coaches. Right. And they're the latest and greatest. Those guys are doing real well with those. And you look at, geez, we let these guys get away. So is the offensive coordinator who I don't know who it is for the Redskins off the top of my head. Is he the guy you name him, the head coach interim guy and just let him have his, uh, you know, tryout for the remainder of the season. But but if it's I, not know, Haskins, would it be some other issue with some other coach? I, I think you're going to have an. I think you're going to. I think you're going to have that issue because who, who, what are the schools any of his kids went to that we have to worry about? Know, no, am right. I right? You're right. You're right. But but who do you? Who's the guy who's strong enough to take that job? Because also you got to remember, you know, you're talking about a young kid. He's still a kid. You you have to t- you have to reel him in as well. Who the coach or the coach? No, I'm talking about Haskins because yeah. you know. And I just remember after the uh, Giant game, you know, he said, "Well, I'm not used to losing, and we're going to have to change this real quickly here because oh, wow. we're not, you know, I'm not dealing with this." So, uh, when when you hear comments like that. That's the. I would think from the get, and I know you know him, but I would think from the get go, if that was Bill Parcells, it wouldn't have gone that far. It, it wouldn't have. No, you're I right. Mean, that that would have been day one. Uh, what do you mean I can't park here? Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you mean they don't have tuna fish on Fridays? <laughs> right. I mean, and now, now you want to do what? I mean, this would have been. 
ironed out and pushed back right quick. here at day one this is the way we operate you know you let us know because if you can't handle this yeah, I, I you, think i think when when you know you as a rookie came through the giants building back in in 83 84 uh up till 92 when bill was there the pre-draft hey this is the way i run things and if yeah. you don't like it because yeah. let me tell you i think you know you know when Leonard Marshall came walking through, look, dude, we're going to make you drop 20 pounds because you're too fat right now to be my defensive end. So if you want to come here, you better be planning on getting on a diet. Yeah. Well, and if that's not going to work, then, you know, you can find somebody else to play for. Yeah. Well, guess what? The guy went on a diet, you know, threw a couple of chairs off the deck of the uh, Titanic. Titanic and wound up having a great career because, you know, I think – those guys knew what they were getting. I mean, if the phone call um, if the phone call was down to Parcells on the bench about Haskins, I want to see him in. He'd probably put him in as a, an H no, back, a, a, a no, flanker no, or something. No, 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 because Parcells would hang the phone up as soon as he heard the voice at the other end. It would go click, <laughs> you know, because you know I, I'm trying to work here. You know, you're bothering me. Get away. I own the team. Yeah, I. I but hey. Yeah. These are my groceries. I'm cooking the meal. Yes. You know, and I'll call you when dinner's ready. <laughs> yes, I'll call you when dinner's ready. Exactly. I like that. So, that's, like, so that's, that's, that's the gravitas, the street creds, and there's another name, testosterone-based name for this, <laughs> that a guy like that has to have to push back against the owner. And if you're like somebody from high school or your first year of college and you get fortunate enough to get that job and you don't have the horses around you to push them back or hold him back, somebody would have to go to – the owner and say, "Listen, let him work." But who's the who's who's the guy to go to the owner? Because I don't I don't know. Because you know, I really think that the you know the it's like walking on eggshells when that dude walks through the door, right? You know, and, and uh, it's the same probably with Jerry Jones is is the same same thing. You're not going to tell. He wants yes men around him, right? He doesn't want. Well, he like, he doesn't he and unfortunately they're not going to win. No, they're not going to win until it changes. Same with the Cowboys. I don't. I, I believe they've had some real good teams, mm-hmm. but they're not going to go anywhere because of Jerry Jones can't get out of his own way. And I think you look at the Yankees. I I use that example when George when Steinbrenner George, finally the Kaiser took got out of the way and let Cashman. Torrey. Do his job and Joe Torrey do their job. Right, they started winning, right. and, and and you know finally you know hey all right you guys do just shut up sit back enjoy the game <laughs> let us do the do our job right and I think until someone goes to Snyder and say shut up sit down enjoy the game and let us do our job it, it's almost like a personal non football friend should go to him and say Dan you love the team right yeah you you're, know. you're not helping them right. You're not helping them because you they're remember, all in five. They're probably going to be three and thirteen. Yeah, let's let's look at you know, uh, let's look ahead and see where we're at in the you know the draft and what we need to help our young quarterback get you know because you picked a picked a running back who now in his second year is hurt again who looked promising he's out. Uh, and one of the best linemen in the league doesn't want to play for you anymore. He's sitting at home. Oh, that's the guy that held out. Yeah, right? Williams, uh, right? Is it Trent Williams, I think? Yeah. Uh, and so you're going to have to put some pieces, and I think that tackle spot is got is going to be first and foremost 
for the Redskins, but the plus for them is having that top five pick in a heavy quarterback draft where you already have a quarterback. You can trade back and build get a lot of equity to help your team right away. And and so the problem is again Daniel Snyder. So does he get out of the way, let the GM and the new head coach get together and start putting pieces around uh you know, around Haskins, or is he gonna keep meddling and just let the Redskins does, flounder. Does Haskins remind you anything of RG three? No, I I don't I don't know. Maybe because Haskins looks bigger out there and whatnot. Uh, but I think so. He doesn't remind me too much of RG three, but he's you know he's still young. He's raw. So uh, unlike we saw with RG three using a lot of his legs. I think uh, Haskins more of a guy who's going to try to throw the football more. He's more of a thrower before a runner. Can do both, but he's more of that thrower guy. So I, I don't really I – I don't see the similarity there. So uh, – and I, it could be off. You but. know, it's probably going to be – they're probably going to make the interim guy sign him for two years or something because they're not going to go outside – to get somebody else, I don't think I don't think anybody outside is going to want that job. No, really. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to get a, you know, a college guy that that is, you know, you're not going to get a uh, Dabo Sweeney or or you know Nick Saban. They're not leaving those cushy jobs to come work for you. So. Who are you going to get? You're going to get, like, you know, the guy out in Arizona they got. I mean, he got fired and then was looking for a job, you know, took a job for five minutes and then quit it to become your head coach. And, yeah. you know, we'll that time will still tell to see how that works. Right. Or, or not, you know. So. Do you know? I don't know. Do you know who the GM is for the uh, – Is Redskins? it George Allen? Is it – or or Allen? Is it, you mean from the, he, from, the George, uh, from the George Allen family? Uh, the, you know, I don't I – don't, I don't know. I have to. Uh, and, and if so, his role should be pretty significant in this. Uh, to, yeah, but to he's, had some, uh, he's had some. He's had some. He's had some issues himself. Uh, you know, it doesn't say it's got the players here, but uh, Redskins.com. Let's see if they. Well, I'm I'm looking up the. The front office to see who their uh, mm-hmm. who their who their guys are, but um, well, and uh, see Matt Cavanaugh is senior offensive assistant. Now that dude was you know uh, he worked for Bill Parcells. He was a third team quarterback for yeah. the Giants for for a long uh, a long time. You know, I remember so. Oh, Kevin O'Connell, which I'm sure is going to be the next uh, the next guy as a uh, 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 the offensive coordinator. Here, I, the, I pulled this up. Bruce Allen is the Bruce American Allen. football executive who is the team president of the Washington Redskins of the National Football League. Pre- previously, Allen served as the general manager for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Redskins. Well, as Tampa Bay, I guess uh, I guess he brought Gruden in, right? And 
here is a couple of names that you might re- remember being part of that's on the Redskins staff. The wide receiver coach, Ike Hilliard. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And offensive quality control, Chris, Chris O'Hare, and I don't know if that's related to that Sean Co- O'Hare. Is that Coughlin's son-in-law? Son? Uh, yeah. I, I, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know who that, um, who that is. Mm-hmm. If that's the relation, I'm just looking at the name uh, with that. But uh, and uh, Rob Ryan is the inside linebackers coach. I didn't, I didn't know that. Do you know him? Well, that's Buddy Ryan's son. Ooh, you know. Uh, so and Chad Grimm, I think he's related to Russ Grimm. But uh, um, well, gee, maybe. May uh... Maybe it's not the owner meddling so much. Maybe it's uh... it, it, it it is it's the owner. It, I, I, I I am I am completely I, I, and that's what I'm sold on. I think it is the the owner. All right. Because how how else do you explain it? Because you remember when he first bought the team, he treated it like a fantasy football team. Went out and signed all those uh, old has been guys. You know. Uh, Deion Sanders and and uh, uh, Bruce and and all those guys and wound up putting them in cap hell forever. I think they're still paying one of those guys, you know. So uh, well, I'm glad the Giants have to uh, play them again because that's probably going to be. Well, I figured they'll get another win there, and the Miami Dolphins will be another one, and I think Arizona that'll be the five wins that uh, that the Giants get. They'll finish up. You know, five, five and twelve, or whatever, and um, yeah, like you said, five and eleven, rather. And what'd you think? Uh, uh, what'd you think about uh, Jones on uh, Saturday? I think he looked pretty poised. You know, he did. Uh, he did do. He did look poised. He did make some rookie mistakes there. Uh, you know, he missed a couple of wide open receivers that could have been potential yeah. scores early in the game that would have, you know, the been a bigger difference in it the was pretty good game. coverage i saw that that play in the end zone in I mean, the was... end zone he over he, he threw it up too high for yeah. uh shepherd and then on the first series uh the opening series for the giants he overthrew shepherd who had beat the coverage uh-huh. and and i think he makes that play you know the giants score they're up seven to three that changes the whole game mm-hmm. at that point well um kurt cousins looked pretty good didn't he it was a game that he had to look good in. Well, you know, and I think, you know, Kurt Cousins is, you know, you don't know which Kurt you're getting. And I think you got a good Kurt because he's played in Giants Stadium before. He's used to he's used to playing there. And, you know, the Giants, Giant fans are as loyal as they are. They're not, they're not coming out for this product. They understand that this isn't the mm-hmm. – uh, and – so I, th- I think there wasn't a lot of giant fans in the building, and continue not to be. Uh, he showed so. some nice passes, those touch passes that he dropped in uh, on the front part of the seam of, of, the, uh, of, the, yeah. of the zone. Excuse me, where they the receiver. I mean, they were pretty good separation. He, but here's the test, you know, because he has a. I believe they showed the stat on Sunday. He's uh, he's got a 125 average against. Winning teams, mm-hmm. and they have to play the Eagles, which is a winning team. And if you expect to go into the playoffs, that's a team you're going to have to face in January in order to get to the Super Bowl. So 
you you better uh, show up and play against them this week, and and that's the test because yeah. you're not being being a 500 quarterback is not going to get you very far in this league, and unfortunately, again, product of the Redskins, the Redskins overinflated his value mm-hmm. by giving him those contracts, franchise tags for two years in a row. And now gave uh, – so, it, you know, they paid a lot of money. And I really think that Minnesota right now are wishing they had Teddy Bridgewater back on the team. And they'd probably be doing a lot better right now. Well, like you said, it depends upon uh, which cousin shows up, right? Right, absolutely. If it's a distant cousin, we got problems. <laughs> if it's a close cousin, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Where's that game this week? I believe it is in Minnesota. So, All right. you know, he does play better at home than than away. So, so we'll see. And uh, you know, the uh, the Giants play in two days on uh, on Thursday. You really they go you, up to New England. You really didn't want to talk about that, did you? I, I, you know, and and I knew. I actually I thought this would have been Eli's last game. I thought they would have kept Eli in up until this point. Uh huh. Uh, because of the ten day stretch, and then Daniel Jones would come in against Arizona, but they'd made the move earlier, and you know Daniel Jones two and one now as as a quarterback. Uh, only Phil Sims has a better record, I believe. Sims won his first four, but uh, in seventy nine, uh, not a. I, I know, I know he won at least his his, his first three. So, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, So, so but go, he's go. gonna, you know, we're really gonna be tested because again, no Barkley, you're, you're, you know, no, did no you, running game. Did you see that? Some all. talk of bringing him in. I, I don't, I don't. For what? Take more time, right? For what? For, for what? what is right? And now Shepard concussion. He might, he might be out. So you know, you're, you've got some other targets. I saw Ingram going to be on the injury report. I don't know if he's going to play. On uh, I didn't get to see what the injury was, so he's going to be pretty decimated this Thursday going into New England. Uh, so the plus is, you know, hey, rest up these guys, let Daniel Jones play his game, and you know, let's just move on and get and get ready for for. Uh, let's Arizona. try to get out of there without getting hurt. Yeah, let's just try to get out of there without getting hurt. I think that's the that's the key for the Giants this week. Speaking of that, did you see? Uh, I didn't see it, but I heard the. This morning, Odell Beckham ran a punt back. Thirty-one. It was thirty-one to thirty-one to three or thirty-five to three uh, in the third quarter, and they decided to put him in to run a punt back. Um, what's that make you think of? Well, the initials I, I are think, Jason Seahorn. Right. I was just going to say, Jay, what are they trying to make Jason Seahorn? Uh, uh, you uh, know, and there was some comment on it. He says, "Well, he wanted to contribute. We thought it would give him a boost." I think. If it's like sixteen to four, sixteen to three, or something like that, or if one touchdown, two possession, third quarter, you want to give the team a boost, maybe, maybe, right? But don't you want him healthy on the right side of the field? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. Uh, which you know, and it surprised me on Sunday if you noticed that uh, Golden Tate went back and returned a punt uh-huh. on uh, on Sunday. He was back there once or twice. Uh, it surprised me, but no, I'm not. I'm not using o- Odell Beckham to return a punt. Uh, he's way too valuable. Again, like you said, if it's in a close game and we need this game, then maybe I'll think about it. But 
Yeah, if it's Other if it's the that. end of the season and it means a wild card. Right. We got to win this game. It's a must win. Right. Sure, sure. But now, with no. their record? Yeah, no. And uh, they say Sam Darnold may play um, Sunday for the Jets. <laughs> okay. I think he's been cleared, really. Uh, well, you know, I, I know that he's not contagious, so he's been cleared for non-contact activities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because, I mean... They're playing the Cowboys, aren't they? I believe they are. So, I don't I don't know. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what to think. I mean, the Jets, their quarterback, you would have been fine could the other guy who I forget now is who got hurt and they're going with a guy who doesn't belong in the league. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't mean doesn't belong. He's obviously there for a reason. He made the team. But he's a guy who is a scout team guy uh-huh. for now. He needs to be developed. So he and he's out there playing and not uh and you can it, it really shows and I, I don't and I don't understand it when you have Le'Veon Bell back there and you know that offensive line. Uh-huh. So and it's uh so but uh not too much criticism on Bell, huh? You know, honestly I haven't seen the Jets play at all this year, so I I, I don't know and I haven't heard a whole lot coming out no. of Jet no. Jet Camp. I mean, I listen to a lot of New York radio, and and really, the all the talk is is when is Darnold getting healthy, and and when is he coming back? Because the the kid now is is horrendous. You know, I mean, they're talking about bringing Boomer Sosman out of retirement and bringing him out there could play better than this kid at his age. Wow. So I I, I don't. I you think don't, Cincinnati will let him go. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, yeah, huh? right? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to get him, get Phil Sims. Well, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, Boomer played for the Jets. He's a hometown Jet guy. So, What's you know. Joe Willie doing? Yeah, right. Joe <laughs> Willie might go back there, you know. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know how Gang Green gets it back. I, I'm what I'm more uh, surprised about is the defensive side. I really thought by bringing Greg Williams in, drafting that those guys and and with that secondary the two safeties the Jets have Adams uh and the other guy they drafted I really really thought that that defense would be playing a lot better than it has. Uh-huh. And and that's that's my take from the Jets right now is the uh is the defense. I I knew the offense was going to sputter without Darnold but the defense just isn't what I thought it was going to be. So well, there's some talk of the line. Haven't I mean? I don't know the the players, but they're talking about the the. Uh, well, I heard that on the fan. Uh, they're they're more questioning the line than Bell, but he's he took a year off. I mean, it's probably a combination of both. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know. I don't know where the Jets went uh, in the draft past the first round. If they any of those offensive linemen, I know they brought a center out of retirement. retirement. Yeah, I saw that. To bring him in, so you know, I know, I don't know, but it's it's a major issue, especially when you have a young quarter, a quarterback and a running back like Bell, the offensive line, and you know, you you did what the Giants did; they just kind of let their offensive line go by the wayside, and. You saw it's been dismal for the Giants since the last time they were in the Super Bowl. What, 2011? You know, we're, we're 2009. We're, we're back there. I mean, we've been going almost a decade, 
and and you know I couldn't tell you three linemen uh, that the Giant, Giants have had because uh, you know since Sean O'Hare and and uh, okay, I could t- I could tell you who's not there uh, Pettigrew uh, right Jeff Yapru right uh, mm-hmm. Pew and and uh, you know those guys the the those guys were were pretty decent guys they decided they didn't want to pay him and they they moved them they moved them on and, w- and went with some guys that that re- where are they they're not nowhere in the other in in the league so you know but i think the giants they've made some strides their offensive line has really has looked a lot better they're getting better each week mm-hmm. uh so but i still think next year if there's one offensive piece they need to find is the left tackle mm-hmm. because Nate Solder is you know he took he took the Brinks truck from us and is not living up to the money we're paying him mm-hmm. and you know now we have some guys that we solidified that right side uh you know you have uh Hernandez uh at the left guard who's playing playing pretty stellar so we just need to uh to get that uh, get that solidified, but I think it's good right now. I mean, and it will get better as the season grows. Mm-hmm. It's you know, so the Giants really need to get that defense. We really need a pass rusher, and it really shows without getting pressure on that quarterback. It really, really shows. So, and let's switch. Let's switch over to the diamond. Sure. You know, the Yankees, of course, in it. Yep. And uh, they're done already. We Last time we were, we were talking about they three games. That's all it took them. They, they well, took, last uh, night with bases loaded, Severino, uh, Severino uh, no outs, bases loaded. Uh, that was the test. He hung in there, and uh, they got out. Uh, he got out of it. Um, so, and then I thought it was interesting uh, uh, when Judge hit that ball, it was catcher interference. You, you rarely see that. Right. When he when he started to swing back, it hit the catcher's glove. Right. And then he had a shot. It'd be interesting if 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 it was a home run or whatnot. Did he still call it right. catcher's interference? That, right. That'd be a question for a ref. Right. 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 Uh, or if it was a triple. Well, or usually, I, and I just know this from umpiring, and and I know that it's not MLB because obviously a guy that strength because most of the time catcher interference. Kids missing missing the ball, or you know he tips it, or or something, and, and doesn't. I at least in my experience, I've never really, I've never seen a hit, a kid hit the glove and the ball. At, you know where where the ball went into play anyway. Right, right. So so a little bit it was a little bit different. So and I think it's it's it is it's automatic catcher interference. It's just that plays dead. Go and, to first base. Yeah, and you're, you're first. It's dead ball once you do. Right, that, so. right. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, they 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 swept through them, and now they're waiting to see. And I think the longer the Rays, if the Rays can force another a game five, even though Van Villander is pitching tonight, uh, as we do this on Tuesday, if they can force a game five, the Yankees' chances of winning the series against them skyrockets because. Yeah. I mean, That's him anything can ha- anything can happen in a game five. You know, anything right. s- silly could happen. You right. know, in an elimination game. So, 
Uh, it, it only bodes well for the Yankees, and I, and I just saw a thing pop up on my phone that Chapman uh, Chapman injured his throwing hand during the celebration last night. You believe that? So, I, and I don't I don't know what that means, but hopefully, it's not. Something. So I uh, guess he uh, cut it on opening a bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not nothing too seriously. I didn't. It just you know popped up the alert, a news alert, and uh, I didn't click on the article to read it. So I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, well, I hope. I hope. I hope it's the Dodgers and the Yankees, and if not the Dodgers and the Yankees, I'd like to see the Dodgers and the Cardinals. I want some old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. It'll be. Uh, it'll be. It'll be interesting to watch, and and really, it's you know, hopefully, it's the Yankees to get, can get by Houston. I think, and that's the that's the thing. But right now, uh, I think every Yankee fan right now is a Tampa Bay Ray fan. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, uh, hoping hoping they can they can do something tonight and and extend that series. Oh yeah. So because then it, it all comes down to. Uh, uh, it all it all comes that. So, That'd be something, though. Um, all right. So and all right. All, all right. right. So uh, welcome back. And uh, so we're gonna talk a little Rutgers football. And go ahead. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna throw it over to you there, Frank, and let you introduce your. Uh, well, it's a, a, a former coach that I've known for quite some time, Ralph. Ralph from. Uh, so we say Tom's River. Uh, formerly Tom's River, now Bayville, yes. Okay, Bayville. All right, Bayville. Well, the, the question is, Rutgers football, and uh, like you and I talked previously, you have Cornell, you have Princeton, I suppose, you have West Point, and then you got Syracuse. Now, unless you wanted to be Rambo and go to West Point, and Syracuse to me is kind of like in Canada, What's, what college Well, Connecticut. Connecticut, okay. How, how does that program improve, Ralph? Big question. Well, you know they they made their first step by you know moving into the Big Ten, so that was that was a big move for them. Um, I think it became a little bit overwhelming for them. Now they've been in there, I believe, three years, and um, the problem is I don't believe they can compete with the with the big boys. You know, your Michigan, your Penn State, your Wisconsin, uh, you know, in that conference. So. I think they got a little bit overwhelmed, and um, the question is how they can compete. You know, it's all a recruiting uh, issue, Frank. Really, is is where it lies, I believe. Yeah, but uh, what when you turn on the TV and you watch Michigan play, and you know you got three or four guys from Jersey playing at Michigan, where and, and how do you keep those guys home? How, how do you keep them from from leaving and going to Penn State? And now, you know, Maryland has really stepped up their game. They built that big indoor facility that is, I mean, hands down one of the best indoor facilities in the entire country right now. Uh, you know, so how, how does Rutgers, you know, compete with that, you know? Yeah, that, that's a tough question because it, it does become, a you know, it might become a landscape thing they um – you know, a, a recruit goes to Rutgers, and unfortunately, not not talking down, the, the, you know, the community that it is, but it just doesn't have the appeal that I believe when you go out and you visit, a, you know, a Penn State or or a Michigan or a Wisconsin, and, and and you know, you see a you know a big campus, 
you know, uh, it's 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 a different environment that you're looking at than you do when you go there, you know, up to the Rutgers um, campus, up to the school there. And unfortunately, it's almost like an inner city, and you know, there you're. It's not attractive to you know a young man who's been living in that you know type of environment his whole life. He wants to maybe you know a change and get away from that. So. It, that's a problem. That's definitely, you know, uh, that's definitely one of their biggest obstacles and issues that they're dealing with. Well, then does that kind of come full circle to, to keep the talent inside the, uh, the, the turnpike? I mean, uh, uh, you might have more uh, students, uh, recruits from, from uh, the city, New York, Long Island, um, Jersey, uh, to stay in town. You know, it was. You know, the, the the thing is, the move to the Big Ten was going to was was hopefully going to put them on the map, which it did, obviously. Now the thing is, if you know, if the bigger schools didn't come calling, you know, Rutgers was going to be, you know, it, not to say their second choice because I think that's a poor choice of words. But if Rutgers didn't, if if these other schools didn't come calling, you you had an opportunity to play at a school where you're going to get big time exposure. So because you're playing against these big, bigger schools week in and week out, and you're getting the national television coverage, which you would not have gotten just solely when you, you know, uh, prior to when they made the move out of the Big East. Hold on, well, going. before I want to back up, but when they were in the Big East, they were playing West Virginia, Miami, and and Chiano was doing a great job of recruiting. I mean, they were in the mix year in and year out with with uh with Shiano and and in the Big East so I, and and I feel like back then the Big East was you know right up there with the Big 10 as far as power football teams uh when when you looked at it well you know you you use the, the you know you say the name Shiano and that is the you know at this point I think that's the issue that you're dealing with, Shiano had a, a tremendous rapport and and a uh, you know a, a great way of recruiting and keeping those kids from Jersey to play. You know, getting those kids from Jersey, especially the North Jersey area, where you got you know some pretty um, strong football programs, and he was able to attract those kids or get them motivated to come to Rutgers and play, and that was why he was so successful. And you're right, they had you know they had three, four, five really solid good years, especially that one year going back in, uh, I believe, 2006 when they were 7-0, and and you had Louisville come in, and Louisville was 7-0, and and you had those two schools, uh, you know, uh, uh, beat each other up that night, and that, you know, Rutgers ended up, uh, unfortunately, the following week going out losing to Cincinnati, which was another unbeaten team. So, but that put them on the map, and that really... Uh, you know, Shiano was all the doing with that. But, um, you know, since his departure, unfortunately, I think the, the recruiting aspect has definitely um, gone on the downside. And unfortunately for the program, it's, it's you know, it's followed, I believe. You think, um, you think he might make a, a return? Well, you know, I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of talk about that. You know, he's a Jersey guy. He's got some strong ties. Um, I think money-wise, I think the school might be, you know, now with the, the step up into the Big Ten was big money for them. I mean, let's face it. You know, they're, um, they made, share. I think they make an extra $8 million a year now being in the Big Ten. 
than what right. they were it's, it's, in, it's, in the Big East or wherever they were. Right, if that's what the number is. I mean, I yeah. know it, it's millions. I don't know the exact, you know, the exact amount. But so, you know, they get an equal share like everybody else. So moving into the conference was a smart move to bring money. And listen, you bring money into the program, you could, you know, you could fix your weight room. You could add seats into the stadium. You could put a new practice field, which their practice field is beautiful. That Marco Battaglia practice field uh, is, you know, state-of-the-art, and it's a, it's a beautiful facility. They put a lot of money into it. What, is it an um, indoor facility? It's an outdoor facility. Well, because I think that's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the issue, though. I mean, you, you, I think when they, when they build an indoor facility, that, that's, what, that's what attracts you know, yeah, and because how state of the art can an outdoor practice facility be when when now I can go and get that same city feel in Maryland outside of Washington D.C. And, and you know and be in the state of the art indoor facility and and all the things going on down there. I, I just feel like it's um, you know that's where Rutgers is lacking is. You know, I I just see because I feel like Maryland and Rutgers are kind of in the same same boat right now. They're kind of at the the bottom of the 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 you know division that they're in in the big the Big Ten. And yeah, uh, but I, I mean, and, and, and I Indiana but I see probably you know uh, you know down towards the bottom of the uh, the conference. I, I I agree with you. Yes, and but I but I feel like Maryland's making more strides to catch up with the Ohio States, the Michigans, than what Rutgers is doing. And I just feel like Rutgers is kind of stagnant in, in in their process of trying to, you know, I, I feel like Rutgers is, okay, let's just win some games first and then we'll start doing stuff. And I don't think they can win games without doing the things like adding an indoor facility, adding you know uh, the I don't know what their weight room looks like. It's it's been forever since I've been up there, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and add decent. those things. It's decent. I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it competes with you know uh, with the weight room at you know at Penn State and at you know at Michigan and at Michigan State. I I, I don't know in comparison. I don't know if they have that type of uh, you know weight room, but I mean it, you know they. Like I said, getting into the Big Ten was the first step, the first hurdle. I believe that bringing in the extra money, and you, you know, to quote you, you said the extra eight million, if that's the figure. I mean, that could, you know, that goes a long way. Like I said, the outdoor practice facility, that's just one step. Um, they just, a kid comes and he sees that, and, he, and I agree with what you're saying. The indoor facility would be something more appealing because they have all the bells and whistles, but the kid sees the outdoor facility and that what they're trying to sell is, Hey, this is our first step. This is where we, this is our, this is new. And now we plan on doing this, 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 and this. And now they have the money to actually maybe make those improvements to maybe bring those, um, to bring those players in. But it, you know, it's a long haul, but again, getting back and agreeing with what you're saying, the biggest obstacle is you got to win football games because kids don't want to go, out every Saturday and get beat up. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, that seems to be what's happening to them and what's happening to the program. 
Yeah, I I I agree, I agree. and I, you know, uh, as someone who coached in the MIAC and who used to, we used to have the maintenance guys put pallets of bricks near the stadium so that we could tell recruits that they're getting ready to start the upgrades of the stadium to help us in our recruiting process. You know, I I, I know don't, how don't, that comes. Don't, don't pour the cement. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, look, they delivered the bricks. Guess what? I guess they're getting ready to start on the I get on start on the new wing of the stadium. You know, I mean, yeah, well, I, I, like, like, well, like you said, there you go. So you're answering your own question. You're answering your own question by saying, you know, right? You're trying to sell something, and the problem that maybe Rutgers has is the product they're trying to sell right now. It's a tough sell. I mean, let's be realistic. You know, you you know, people go to the store, they buy a name brand over the you know over the knockoff. Right. Um, you know, that's because the name brand's out there. So I mean. Your your uh, Michigans and your uh, you know your Wisconsin's and your Penn States and Michigan State they have a name brand so um, it's a tough sell for Rutgers it really is um, they did make tremendous strides when they like you said again going back to the Big East and Shiano um, Shiano leaving was a big I, I you know uh, you know a big uh, shot in the arm to you know was a, a you know is probably devastating to the program um, they you know bringing him back. Obviously, now you bring a you know a, a name that people are familiar with and you know and they associate it with Rutgers. I think that would definitely um, help to bring some some of the talent in Jersey, especially like I said, the North Jersey players might come back and might start you know want to play at Rutgers. But uh, it's it's a tough sell, and recruitment is definitely the issue right now of why they're not more success- why they're not being as successful as we you know, we all hope that they could be one day. Yeah, and and you know, by the way, Shiano has a house down here in Bethany Beach, um, so okay. I, don't, I don't know if he's been oh, here all you. summer. But but I but I did read an article that he left New England because that the Rutgers job might open up at the end of the season, and he didn't want to leave the Patriots during the playoff their playoff run. So that's why he quit. He quit over the summer. Okay. Hmm. So interesting. you know, and and yeah. I and and the other name I hear is is it? Uh, I I don't know the coach from Pittsburgh. He's the other the other guy that I hear. He, those two the, the two names I hear floating around for Rutgers. Okay, so is it, yeah, um, I forgot his name. Donardo, Denizio, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they uh, um, they impressed me. Pittsburgh, some of the stuff that they did. He impressed me as a coach. Uh, I saw them. I was, uh, you know, I was at the Penn State game at Penn State when, uh, you know, in that game, listen, you know, you got Penn State, who's the number eight team in the nation, and, you know, Pitt played them tough, and other than, you know, a goal line stand at the end of the game, and, uh, you know, uh, you know that could have easily went to overtime that game and could have been a different outcome. So he's another good coach, maybe another main guy who, you know, maybe could bring in some players. It does it's all about, you know, it's all about the coaches. It's about the money and paying the coaches. You know, when Shiano left the program, the biggest thing was Shiano left and Shiano was getting big money. And, and I don't want to throw figures out because I'm not really quite sure. But I think Shiano was probably maybe making close to $3 million or something in that ballpark. And new coaches came in. And when the new coaches came in, they said, oh, we want what Shiano was getting. And, you know, they said, hey, this is state school. We're not paying. We don't have the payroll that 
Alabama has or that Clemson has, and we're not we're not we're not going to pay the coach three million dollars a year. And that actually that actually was a lot of the um, a lot of the people interested in the job actually were turned away because of the money issue. So. Yeah, but I when you join a conference and you're getting an extra eight million, I think that you could take some of that and and pay your coach a little bit more. Uh, and obviously, obviously now, I mean, you bring back Shiano. I don't think he's taking less than what he was making. Oh, no. And and oh, I, no, you know, exactly. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't think, I don't think he's walking in the door for less than four million a year. Well, his value went up. His value went up when they left. It was his successful program on the way up and now it's a program on the way down right so, and he's got to build know, he, it back uh, up again so right, right but he you know he proved his worth the first time around so he's going to walk in the door and say hey you know i you know i want to get paid and you know and i think they'll do so now like we said get back to the point that with the big 10 money being in place they could probably afford to pay a coach a little bit more now than they you know could have a few years back because no. I feel like when they went, what was it, Flood and this guy yeah, were yeah. were were kind of yeah. you know second or third tier guys. Like they weren't the you know the, those well, guys Flood didn't. Was a, you know, they were disciples of they 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 had worked under they had worked under Shiano. They knew his system. They were intimate with the program. Uh, Flood was a great recruiter. I know Kyle Flood very well. Um, Flood was a great recruit. I coached Kyle Flood in, in, in high school. Um, okay. He, he uh, you know, I worked with him a little bit when he, you know, post-graduating high school his first couple of years. Um, he came back and worked as like a grad assistant. Great offensive line coach. Phenomenal. Great football mind. Um, he was, you know, he worked on Deciano. He, he was the offensive coordinator. Um, he was a great recruiter. He went out and did a lot of Deciano's recruiting. Brought brought in a lot of players, or was able to you know get them to to, to come to Rutgers. Um, he had a good relationship with the administration at that time. You know when he first they first hired him, and like you said, you know it was a money issue, and there were some other coaches. There was a coach out there from Florida Atlantic, and there was another coach. And even ten ten wins. I remember listening on the radio, and they had announced, oh, they were going to hire this one coach, and then all of a sudden he went in there wanting this big money, and they was like they were like no. We're going to take a step back. So they went with Flood, you know, and, and uh, like I said, Flood was a good fit at the time. But, you know, like you said, there's been some, they, they, their choices of coaches over the years, I don't know, I think they've made some bad choices. And I think because they didn't want to pay the big bucks to bring a name guy in, I think that also has been, you know, a, a problem for them. And they had some players from Florida. I wonder if that was Flood's recruitment in Florida. They had some players from Florida. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. There's always a relationship. You know, you, you don't know who on the staff. You know, there's coaches on the staff who came from, you know, you know, the best thing a, a head coach can do is bring guys in from different regions because what happens is they're familiar with their market. They can go out right. and they can hit these schools because they have a relationship with the head coaches. You know, um, going back to, you know, I said I coached, you know, I had a, I had uh, Coach Kyle Flood. We had prior to Kyle, prior to, I had Marco Battaglia. I coached Marco Battaglia in high school. You know, Marco was, was the, uh, I believe, only, there's only two consensus first team All Americans that ever played at Rutgers, Marco being one of them. I don't know the other gentleman's name. He was, you know, an old time player. Um, he was a former player of mine. So the coach, 
the coaches at Rutgers had a relationship with our head coach, and you know, at the at the school where I coach. So what happens is that's a regional thing, and you know, there were four or five players that played at my high school that all went to Rutgers. Uh, Billy Patel and all the Patel brothers, George Patel and Jimmy Patel and Chris Patel, they were all captains at Rutgers. So there's a you know an intimate relationship coaches have with these high school coaches. So they bring guys in from different areas, different regions, because their intention is they're going to send these guys back out to do recruiting. And, you know, it kind of makes sense. So the, I don't know what the Florida connection was, Frank, in answer to your question, Frank, but there must have been somebody. No, uh, but Shiano, Shiano, if you remember, came after was at Miami for a short time. He was okay. He was on the staff at Miami, so he had a lot of connections down there and did a good job of, you know, not only keeping those Jersey kids, but sprinkling in some of them Florida kids with that. And I, and I think that made a great, a good mix and, 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 and helped the success of Rutgers. Well, Ralph, that supports what you oh. said. If Shiano was down in Florida with say some regional um, contacts there to you know, not, pitch the program. Not, not only here, 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 and just from my experience, you know, you, you're not only, of the region you're from uh, is your recruiting area, but you get a list of local schools that, Hey, you're, you know, you're, you got to go to this part of the state and check it out. So, you know, when you're coaching in Florida and Miami, he probably, you know, developed relationships with some of those schools down there. And sure, you know, I know of, you know, of course, you know, you're talking about Miami in the, you know, early nineties and, and into the two thousands, they were still, you know, a top, top team in the nation. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely, a powerhouse. Yeah. Right. I mean, the Florida football, you know, it, 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 it's funny if you look at the Florida football, you know, um, you know Florida State, you know, their program, is, it seems to be on the downside. Florida took a you know, step in the right direction this year, Florida's like, you know, Miami, like you said, in, you know, in, in, in the 90s and you know, even into the early 2000s, strong powerhouse football kind of took a step back a little bit now. Maybe they're, you know, they're on the upswing. You know, they brought in a good coach, obviously. You know, a guy right. from Georgia who was, a, you know, a well-known, you know, guy. So, I mean, he's going to, you know, turn the program around. But there is, uh, you know, it definitely has to do with, you know, it's, it's um, the, the Florida, the, the sprinkling in of the Florida kids with those kids, like I said earlier, from North Jersey, definitely uh, made a good mix for, you know, for the Rutgers program, for sure. Right, right. All right, man. Good stuff today. We I love I love it. Like we could sit here for another three hours talking football and Rutgers and and stuff. But uh, man, well, you know what, uh, Ralph? I think we're going to find out where Shannon lives down here in Delaware, and we're going to go to his front door and ring the bell, <laughs> stand there. And hey, listen, you know what, Frank? Stranger things have happened. Maybe you know what. Yeah. Maybe he'll invite you in, and you know what? Who knows? Over yeah. a couple clubs. Yeah, we'll uh, talk some football. You might be able to iron something out. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we, coffee or an adult beverage? Maybe we could straighten this well, out. That's what, I was, that's what I was alluding to. Yes, maybe an adult beverage. <laughs> hey, Ralph, thank, right. thanks so much for calling. You did me a favor. Thanks. Ralph, we appreciate thanks. it, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for the call, buddy. Anytime. Uh, you know what? And you know what? I, anytime you guys want to talk, let me know because I'm always willing to talk football. All right. Awesome. I'll thanks. give you a call during the week. Right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Sounds good, Frank. All thank right. you. Take care. Bye-bye. 
There you go. All right, your buddy Ralph, man. Good stuff, man. That was good. Uh, Pretty knowledgeable, huh? Yeah, he knows his stuff, man. I love it. Where? What? Now I didn't ask him. What? What high school uh, do you know? Frank? I, was, I think it was in Staten Island, All but right. I'm not sure. I'll have to, I'll have to ask him next time because uh, you know. Uh, I played in the uh, New York City Catholic League. We went out to Staten Island a few times uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to play out there. Monsignor Farrell, oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Monsignor few of Farrell. The, yep, yeah. They back in their day, they were they were a pretty big power. Uh, big they Catholic used to come, high school. They used to come and uh, kick the crap out. Like of I went to Essex Catholic. I, I I had a lot of experience getting cut at all activities of sports, <laughs> but my brother played there at Essex and Bergen Catholic. These are big. Yeah, Bergen Catholic still big. Uh, at, you know, and Don Bosco. You know, Don you Bosco used to go up there, and that was the you know that was the uh, yeah all boys Catholic high school. Yeah, and uh, you know they they've kind of dipped a little bit. They used they were nationally ranked for 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 quite some time there. They were you know uh, ranked quite high. Uh, football wise but i haven't seen them uh in a while so i don't know things have kind of dipped off there not 100 percent sure yeah. so but uh all right all right go ahead frank i'll let you uh oh, you're on the power hour and and who's our lucky caller today <laughs> kevin from lewis oh <laughs> kevin from lewis i think i've seen you around how you been i'm all right i'm you know dealing with uh Five losses and uh, oh, tell me about long, it. Long time suffering Jet fan and looking for for Superman. Well, uh, <laughs> well, he, he's, he's, he's done re- making he- out with the hookers on Forty Second Street, <laughs> and now he's uh, been cleared for non-contact. And you know, hopefully, he'll be back in a week. Or well, two. I was thinking of Joe Namath. We'll reach out for <laughs> Joe Namath. Uh, well, you know, keep him in the shotgun, and we can throw. Listen, uh, I I think I saw today he is cleared for the for the Cowboys on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> you know my concern not so much him. Well, is is him? But uh, I'm not so sure he can be protected. Our offensive line is is disgraceful, to say the least. And uh, this young guy is uh, you know just coming off his illness. I I I have my concerns. Well, I feel like the Jets went out, spent all this money in the off season and didn't address the elephant in the room, which was the offensive line. I think that was part yeah. of the issue last year. No so. question about it. And no question about it. And it's, uh, it, it's you know, I put it on the general manager. I put it on the coach. Uh, you know, they had a bye week to prepare for Philadelphia, and it, it just it went from bad to really bad quickly. And I don't know. Uh, I don't see how they're going to turn it around. I mean, they have, you know, they have Le'Veon Bell. They have this great young quarterback. Uh, you know, they have some good receivers, Crowder from Washington. And, uh, yep. it's just, it's, it's a, it's a train wreck. Um, well, what surprises you know, I, me is that the, you know, the Jets went and got Greg Williams to be the defensive coordinator. They took probably one of the best guys in the draft with the three pick. They have two of the best safeties in the league. And, right we've gotten nothing out of that no, nothing, nothing. And, and where where is this you know i thought we were you know this defense was going to be you know keeping jets in the game like they were going to be there because of the defense and you know obviously when the offense gives up more points than your defense you got an issue but you know still well you have to you know you have to wonder has has the coach lost the locker room has you know and that that I think 
kind of comes along with going 0 and 5 and uh you know it, it's it's definitely a concern of mine and i i just listen i don't I don't see this guy as a winner. I just don't. I, I look. Uh, he didn't win in Miami, and you know everybody kept saying, Miami, yeah, "Oh, I, it's a quarterback issue, quarterback issue." Well, I, you know, I and and I spent a lot of time in Florida, uh, but it's and and he just didn't have the locker room. He was just not, you know, he wasn't good. And I I believe that Peyton Manning picked up the phone, called the owner. The owner just kind of got shell, you know, starstruck that Peyton Manning called him and hired the guy because Peyton Manning said to do it, and and and, that, and and that's why because you know really you had a Super Bowl winning coach in the building that you could have offered the job to and you turned it down for a guy without a winning record. I I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't buy that. So you know, you- I, I go back to, uh, you know, the, the last two great teams uh, were, I think it was 90, 98, 99, or was it 99 and 2000, back-to-back years, where they went to the championship game, one year lo- losing to Pittsburgh, and then uh, the following year, uh, Denver. Uh, the Colts. Yeah. Uh, was that Denver? Denver. 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 Yes, Denver. And, but you know, uh, no, but, our, but wait know, a second. And, Those are Rex years? Because that was Rex and, and Sanchez, right? Yeah. Uh I want to say it was Pennington. Am I wrong? No, I thought no. Sanchez took his first two years. The Jets went to the championship. His first two years, he took them to the championship, and uh, you know, and then he had the buff fumble, and it was all downhill from there. So yeah, uh, yeah. and then it was just uh, you know one thing after the next. And, well, and, uh, it, it was it was you know Rex came in, took a mediocre defense, turned it into. A stellar defense took a mediocre quarterback and got a stud running back with a great offensive line, and got yeah. and and really that's what happened. And once they got away from those things, they never replaced Thomas the running back. They never right. really replaced him, and they they let the offensive line just kind of fall apart. And you yeah. know you went from the butt fumble to you know. Right, and then I, you know, I have the conversation with my son all the time, and I, I can remember saying this since he's a little kid. There's no tight end. We we don't have yeah. a. It's year after when, year. When can you name I a tight end? No. What was the last tight end that you know that that played for the Jets? I, I'm trying to think back. I mean, um, they've never really had a tight end. Um, you know, <laughs> just so many great tight ends in the league. I go back to. Uh, uh, Shockey with the Giants. I mean, that was you know he had a couple of good years, and then he kind of fell off pretty quickly with discipline and uh, other. Things and then the on. injuries kind of took over, and you know he the did injuries. win another Super Bowl with New Orleans, though he I, did. I don't remember a giant a, a Jet tight end. Um, yeah, um, I can't remember a Jet tight end. I mean, uh, was it Anthony Belch? Anthony Beck. Beck. Anthony Beck was, you know. Yeah, and and that's going back. We might have to go back to Emerson Boozer or something, right? Yeah, I I don't know, but, you know. So so that would be one thing year after year I'm saying we need a tight end. We need need a guy that can catch in between the numbers and, you know, get 15, 20 yards and take a hit. His name is Mark Bavaro, but he played for across town, right? Right. Yeah, he played for the other team. But, um, hey, speak, speaking you know, about it, that, previously we were, we were kind of kicking around. Do you think uh, the Jets could sustain at their own stadium? I mean, do you think that um, is something that gives no. them their own identity or no? 
not even not even worthy of a conversation at this point because they're so bad. Yeah, keep the money on the field. Who's going to pay? Yeah, who's going to pay to see a team that is just week after week pathetic, and really year after year, you know, less than a five hundred team and just disappointing. The Jet fans are, you know, it's it's all over, you know, online. But Facebook, here whatnot. here's the here's the plus for the Jets now, because you know you you got the new GM from the Eagles, who I, I feel like the Eagles kind of, you know, New England really knows how to work the draft and whatnot, and I think the Eagles would be number two for me in, in, in that. So based on that and having a top five pick with a heavy quarterback draft coming up, you're going to have a lot of teams wanting to trade up, and you're going to be able to get a lot of capital that that you should be able to fix your team relatively quickly with. Yeah, well, you know, the the other thing is, uh, you know, Father Time is eventually going to catch, catch up with Tom Brady, and um, I I keep saying it, and so far I'm dead wrong. He is a big hit away from being not the Tom Brady we know because of his age. You know how much of a pounding, but but again, he, he's not. He doesn't put himself in those situations to get hit I, like. I that. don't think any quarterback does. Do you? I, I, I well, don't. Well, I mean, you saw you can. saw Allen, the kid from Buffalo, do it. He got knocked out, and they made a big deal about it. You know, oh, if it was Tom Brady, but Tom Brady doesn't put himself in those positions. He never did, even when he was a rookie. He didn't put himself yeah. in those but situations. Tom Brady doesn't have eyes in the back of his head either. So. What I'm suggesting is one one listen, he, he steps up in the pocket, he hits whoever he hits, he's got great success. My point is at age forty two, if he takes a couple of shots in the rib ribs or or in the in the in the in the legs or anywhere, I I don't think you recover from that as quickly as a as a twenty four year old. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. But you know, I just so think it, not, with the the Patriots, their offense now they have a running back. Now I, I really don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I think Tom Brady just walks away when he's ready to walk away, and I just I I just think that wait forty five. I I well it a it it doesn't matter. I think it's it's right now it is. An arms race between between the Jets, Buffalo, and I guess Miami, and yeah. and to figure out who's going to be on top when that day comes because it's it is in the you got to figure in the next three years Tom Brady's done either yeah. early by a hit or what he says I'm going to play till I'm 45 one one, one or the yeah. other and and honestly I think when Brady goes Belichick's going to go. He's going oh, to walk think, away. I think absolutely, and I think the uh, offensive coordinator is going to step right in and be the head coach. Absolutely, but I uh, think that's the time that whoever has done the best to get themselves ready for that time is going to overtake yeah. the AFC East. And you know, but I haven't seen. I mean, right now it looks like Buffalo is the next team. It does. It does. I I, I don't know that um, the Jets are even close. I mean, in, unless you look, they went out and got Le'Veon Bell, and it, and it has been. It, it, I can he, I don't get the games down here, and I'm, and fortunately, I didn't pay to get the Sunday ticket because it would have. I would have just been discouraged. 
but I don't think he's done much of anything because nobody can block for him. Right. All right, I got and some. I got some tight ends for the Jets. Go um, ahead. Mickey Schuler. Oh yeah. Johnny Mitchell. Yeah, oh, Johnny Mitchell. Who? That yeah, I remember Johnny Mitchell because sure. he, he was an he was the eighties, wasn't he? Nineties, early nineties, ninety two to ninety five. Yeah. Jerome Barkham, I remember him. Uh, seventy two to eighty three. It was just about the end of Joe Namath's time there. <laughs> Anthony Beck. You, Kevin, you mentioned Anthony him. Beck, yeah. He, he was. Exactly. Uh, he was four years with them. Uh, Dustin yeah. Keller. Uh, yeah, Kyle over. Brady. I mean, oh, yeah, Kyle Brady, Kyle. yes. Pete uh, Lemons, Lemons and Fred Baxter. Uh, no Hall of Famers. No. No. Not a one. No. You know, so... Yeah, know. but I, I think you take a step down. I don't think uh, what do you got? Well, maybe one Pro Bowl out of the, all those names you said? None, none. Maybe Not Jerome. Pro maybe Bowl. Jerome Barker. Maybe uh, you know. But yeah. you know, I mean, it's just listen. You know, talking about this. Uh, you know, do they need their own identity? Do, do they? You know, do they need the separation from the Giants? It's no longer Giants Stadium. It's MetLife Stadium. So you know, that's by the wayside. Even though. A lot of people up in North Jersey still call it Giant Stadium. I still call it Giant. I do too. Life Stadium. They've done something with the lights to you know. So when you go to right, it goes, but it's green right. I know, and it's blue for a Giant game. Yeah. You know, they had talked years ago about putting a a stadium on the west side. Yes, I remember that. I thought that was a great idea. I thought you know, okay, they could. Great idea, but it's you know, who's going to? Pretty soon, nobody's going to be able to afford to go to these games because everything. My wife went to the uh, the the Eagles Jets game this week. Uh, and it was thirty dollars to park. <laughs> really? Now, right. they yeah, thirty dollars to park, and they probably had a half a mile walk, if, if not longer. Uh, and and everything is just the, the 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 prices are just getting crazy. You put a stadium on the west side of Manhattan. Listen, just to get there, the traffic know, is the would be uh, traffic yeah. and parking. You, I, I think I think they're. I, I don't think that's the problem. I think they should stay right where they are. Uh, Kevin, do you know if they have a uh, the PSL that personal? No, the Jets do not. The Giants do. The Jets do not have the PSL, which is I find it. I find that kind of crazy that the Giant fans have to get stuck with the PSL, right? And and the and the you know. Listen, all of these all of these professional sports are the the pricing has gotten so ridiculous. I remember as a kid in high school going over to Yankee Stadium. And, uh, you know, me and my buddies would get together and we'd, you know, slip the ticket guy at 20 and we'd be, we'd get, get box seats. I think they were $19, you know, for the best seats. And we'd be like three or four rows behind the dugout. And that's what $20, what a $20 tip got you. Yep. Today, you couldn't even afford, you couldn't take your kids to the game. Right. Unless you're, you know, and, and corporate America. You know, when I was a well, kid, well, I used to cut the uh, coupons off the back of the Delwood Milk milk cartons so that we go to you know because you could go sit with those you could you could pay with i think three of those stubs and a dollar fifty got you to the bleachers and three fifty got you three dollars and fifty cents got you behind home plate on the upper deck yeah for for three dollars and fifty cents i used to do that and i left the milk in the carton look what happened (laughs) hey you You can't cry over spilt milk right there you go we're kind of aging ourselves now, but I guess my point is, you know, for the, for the average Joe to take his kids to, you know, a professional sporting event, 
it is just it's completely ridiculous. And, it is, and it is it's it's funny, I, I because it uh, last summer the Jets put on a uh, a job fair up at MetLife, so yeah. I went up there and they charged fifty bucks to go to this job fair. Okay, because <laughs> it wasn't just the Jets, the Yankees, the Mets, the Islanders. Uh, you know, there there's a bunch of other teams there, and uh, but in you, I got a ticket to a Jet game for that yeah. fifty bucks. And they uh, yeah. they charged me I think fifteen dollars to get another ticket to take my kid, and uh, you know so it was okay it, w- it was what it was. Uh, yeah, and I, I just I want to tell you one quick story before we end the call. Uh, I was at uh, I think you'll remember Miracle in the Meadowlands Monday night game. Yeah, uh, Miami Jets. Yep, the Jets were down. I mean they were just just in well, everything was going wrong. And I was there with my brother-in-law, who was probably about 300 pounds. <laughs> and uh, I, I can remember towards the end of the game, losing my voice. And when that, I forget his name, the, the lineman that caught that pass. Jumbo Elliott. Jumbo Former Elliott. Giant. Yeah, Jumbo Elliott. Yep, I, I remember. My brother-in-law, I'm like, we're going to win. We're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do that today. <laughs> right. But that was, you know, that was my, my greatest, probably, Definitely, but not probably. The, the greatest Jet game I ever attended was uh, the Monday Night Miracle in the Meadowlands when the Jets beat Miami. But since then, it's... Um, and I was at the last good. Jet game in Shea against Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. And yeah. here's here's yeah. my story. My buddy and I, I went, we were, we were a, a Boy Scout troop, okay? But I went and right. we smuggled in our ratchets. We spent okay. the entire game... Disassembling the seats? Disassembling the seats. Because we were taking seats home with us. I'm sitting, so, in, I'm sitting in one now, Kevin. <laughs> did, did, so, you, did you get out of there? Without wait, getting, uh, wait, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. So we decide the game ends now. We have four seats. The four, the four seats we're, we're taking with us. Okay? So we decide that we're going to run on the field and crawl, and go across the field because, you know, everybody's going on the field. Let's do it. Well, we're running, and all of a sudden, boom, I fall down. The, the, the chairs fall on top of me, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I look over. There's my buddy in tears holding his gut. There's a, a, a cop with his billy club, and he looks at me and goes, you can take the chairs or your friend. <laughs> And I'm looking at him. Wait, he's you know, crying. You, you know, I look at those chairs, and I'm like, damn, gone it, man. Kevin, you could always get another friend, right? <laughs> yeah, I would have taken the seat. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know. Go bail him out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that cop probably has him sitting in his basement. You know And it. tells the same story. You know yeah. it. You know it. You got that right. They were, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were made of wood entirely, weren't they? The wood back and a. And a no, I had, I had. These were plastic. They were orange and blue. Yeah. Uh, they were orange and blue. Where we were sitting in the end zone, uh, the far end zone. Uh, okay. So uh, they, I think these were must have been like. I'm trying to remember, like around near home plate at. Uh, I'm trying at Shea. I think you know. Yeah, but uh, no, they were pl- they were plastic blue and uh, yellow uh, uh, things. But uh, yeah, I remember. Took the whole game. Up had 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 three seats and they were wooden and they they were from a New York area 
stadium, and I can't think of where, where the could they have been. Polo Grounds or could something. Could have been the Polo, Polo Grounds. Polo Grounds. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think the Jets played there. Maybe. The Jets started there. Yeah. I did believe they? they did. Yeah. Okay. All right, Frank, any predictions for Sunday? Jets, Cowboys. Oh, where's, it, where's it at, you know? It's in Dallas. Yeah, isn't it's it? in the Meadowlands. Oh, it's in the Meadowlands. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just how bad they're going to get beat up, right? I mean, um, well, you got, well, listen, you got, you got your starting quarterback back. Mm-hmm. And um, there's another player, and, and I can't think of who it is. Another starter is returning. CJ um, Mosley. The linebacker no, is he back yet? I don't. I don't think it's him. Anyway, you got you got, you got your your key player back. Your your starting quarterback, right? I don't think they're going to win, but I, I think it's going to be closer than the Eagles game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so so uh, what? Thir- thir- Thirty-five, seventeen, twenty-one, ten. No, I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. I, I would say you know twenty-one, ten, twenty-four, thirteen. All right. Okay. I, I I think Dow I think Dallas scores more because they're you know I think the coach is still he's lame duck he's on a hot seat right now they better put up some yeah. points. Now what about Thursday night oh, in yeah. Foxborough? I mean that's going to be a, a shootout, right? With well, the, you know that's 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 a that's a game you circled at the beginning of the season because I thought that would have been Eli's knows. last game. I thought this was no, Eli's last game, but the the Patriots always have a tough time with the Giants, you know. So not in the regular I, season, only in the Super Bowls. Well, yeah. <laughs> so no, that's I, what it is. I, I, you know. I don't know. I, I, between Thursday night and Sunday, I'm thinking, what's Cape doing? Maybe I'll go watch them. <laughs> what's the high they're, school? They're, they're at Sussex Central in Georgetown All Friday right. night. Yeah. So, and you can hear that on the sister yeah. station 105.9 on Friday nights. I'll be doing the game. Yeah. You're in the booth. I'm in the booth, All yes. Right. Are, we, are we live on the air right now? No, we're not live. We're taping this. So, oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. yeah, they have, uh, you know, the thing with Cape that I, I heard um, – they don't have a freshman program, which is nothing. You know, but- I hear I I've I hear that they don't. I have coaches telling me they do, but I've oh. I I don't know. I I know that they closed up shop last year in the middle of the season with the freshmen, so I don't know yeah. what the story is with that. You know, hey, can I? Yeah, that never. You know, that that doesn't never bode a good well. Thing yeah. No, I, no, not at all. Kevin, can I do a little Marty Glickman for you? I mean, I'd love to do this here. Marty Glickman was yeah, the giant can announcer. Do, uh, can you do a Bob with shoes in or Marty Lyons? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Now, you know, uh, do you know uh, Joe Klecko's, is it his niece? But anyway, her, Cape's, Cape, uh, Jordan Baines is related to Joe Klecko. Really? Yes. The running back for Cape. He's one of the running backs. He's oh. a, he's a. He's a uh, sophomore, junior, but he is related to Joe Klecko. Kevin, who were the uh, who was the sack exchanged? Give me those guys. Oh, I have I have the jersey. It's uh, uh, Gastineau. Yeah. Right. Uh, Marty Lyons. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a, a weird name. Oh, help me out. Abdul Salam. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> is it really? No, it is. And, Everybody forgets the fourth the guy. One, and and Klecko. And Klecko. Yeah. I said Klecko, didn't you I? Didn't. No, no. Well, he said Gast- Lions and Gastineau. You didn't. Oh, Marty him. Lyons, Klecko, Gastineau, and then the other guy, yeah. Yeah, the other guy. That's that's how it's always Abdul Salam. I can never remember I can never remember that the, the other guy, but he, he certainly was relevant. Yep. Fourth so. down lineman. Yep. So 
All right, gentlemen. All right. Hey, well, thanks for we calling. We appreciate it. Thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to calling you back again. Let's, All right. We'll, we'll do it next Tuesday. Another, another topic, and we'll, uh, we'll get it done. Sounds Thank you, good. Kevin. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks for taking my uh, call. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. All right. <laughs> Here we go. We'll, uh, we're going to close it up today, man. We've, we, uh, we've been uh, rocking for uh, over an hour today. Lots of stuff to talk about. We had two great calls this week. Yep. Two, I mean, great Rutgers stuff from Ralph and uh, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, who uh, gave us some great uh, Jets. You know the the Jets wallowing their misery as the uh, you know that dumpster fire has uh, is it, just rolling on both sides of the parking lot these days. Uh, can, can I yeah. can I can I sign off with a little Marty Glickman? Go ahead, do it. All right, I, I know that's what we. All right, well, the begin, begin, first of all, it's you, your show. It's a power hour with Frank well, Powers. You do whatever you want. Well, thank you, but you got to remember, back in the day, these games were blacked out, and the Giant games. I'm talking the mid '60s. So you looked at the radio, and uh, Marty Glickman made those plays and players come right through the radio at you. I mean. And every Sunday, my father and I would go up in the attic with our television. We'd put all this tin foil on the antenna. We would aim Come it. Come on, Frank. Move it left. Left. No, the other yeah, way. Shh, I think I got some. And for a, a nanosecond, you did get something snowy, but that was it. So right. you went back to the radio. I wanted to be, hello again, everyone. Monty Glickman bringing you Giant Football, Giant Football presentation of WNEW 1130 on the radio dial. Today, the Giants play. The Washington Redskins. The Giants Football Network is brought to you by the Cattlemen. The Cattlemen. And then somebody, Jerry's Imports, serving fine <laughs> lobsters and da-da-da-da-da. And then the announcement. And then a typical play would be Fran talking up to the line of scrimmage. He splits wide to the right side. Aaron Thomas, not to the left side. Bob Cuspino, of course, split wide off to the right side is Homer Jones. And he, as that cowboy defense know, can fly. <laughs> That's it. And in the booth with him was Aldi Regattas and Chip Cipolla. And they would do the color to the, the games. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Always wanted to do that. Thank you. Frank, it's the Power Hour with Frank Power, so you can do as many uh, of those voices and stuff that you want uh, as we do every Tuesday here on the Power Hour with Frank Powers. Recapping some New York sports and getting some great calls from 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 Frank's cronies back up in uh, in the hood. In the hood, Frank's I, hood, man. I, I got the hood calling in, and I'm, I'm out there uh, – we got to get Joe to call in on Yankee baseball yeah. and the Hall of Fame and why isn't Gil Hodges in the Hall of Fame and who's this other guy that isn't all <laughs> that stuff and then uh, basketball. We got, yeah, we're we getting you know getting ready preseason. Knicks yeah. won, a, won a preseason game, so uh, you know we're right. excited. So good stuff. All right, Frank. We'll see everybody next week. All right, Same thanks, time. Coach. Thank you. All right, thank you.